0: This is the voice of reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome into the show. It is a Tuesday, the post Monday celebration, one of the greatest days of the entire week, as we have a lot to get to today, as we do each and every day. Welcome into the show, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas. On our flagship radio station all over the country, radio TV, live streaming, with some podcasting on there as well. So no matter where you may be watching or listening, we appreciate you so, so very much. Coming on the program today, I'm excited. I am jazzed. I am pumped. I am ready to go. A little bit tired. It's been an early morning, but nonetheless, I am ready to rock and roll today. So let's make this happen, shall we? Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we have Jennifer Kearns. She is a part of the uh, California Republican Party. She's also a GOP strategist and host of the nationally syndicated radio show All American Radio. We'll be joined by her uh, coming up at the bottom of the hour to talk about some of the latest current events. So looking forward to that one. Did you know that Prohibition is back? Were you aware of that? (laughs) I know. (laughs) Now you wouldn't know that by having been at my house on Saturday night watching a Conor McGregor fight because of the Ken uh, Thompson of adult beverages but really essentially prohibition is here right now in many parts of the country New York Police Department according to uh, NBC News of New York NBC York uh, york.com NYPD finds dozens of drinking dozens drinking inside a club with heavily fortified doors oh man oh man. I don't know if they're aware or not. Maybe we should have a little repeat in history, but usually if you try and ban people from doing things that's part of their daily lives that they do every single day, you're probably not going to stop them from doing it because they'll find a way to do it. You would think that would be the commonsensical way to approach certain things because, you know, what? if you usually go to the bar or the nightclub or the restaurant in your regular life and they tell you, no, COVID's really bad, it's going to kill you all, especially if you go there after like 10.01 p.m., Then everybody will die from COVID and people will be like, "Eh, "Yeah, so just like the prohibition days, they snuck into a club, they barred the door so they could actually sit there and have a drink. Again, if you're not going to do it there, they're probably going to have like a fight club night or a nightclub something in someone's basement to where you're going to be drinking and gambling and have a good time down there, not socially distancing. And just because people will find a way to do things that they want to do, we've recently just in the last hour actually just filled in for Armed American Radio's Daily Defense for the great Mark Walters, which we have not had on the program. I just realized here on the show for a while, so I think we need to rectify that. But we got to fill in for his program today, and I made the comment that no matter how much they try to take the firearms away, the private sector will always find a way to adapt, and always find a way to fill the void of a demand by providing a supply somehow to the consumer, however they deem necessary, whether it's firearms, if they try to ban firearms, or whether it's booze, when people don't actually have an opportunity to go to a bar and drink. That's why the liquor stores' sales have been through the roof across the nation because they were deemed as essential businesses and people are building kind of their own home bar, so they're buying it by the massive bottles. But then at the same time, if you want to have a good time and sit with people and chat and, you know, get along and do your thing, you can do that either by going home and doing that with friends and family at home or you can just heavily fortify a bar at a club and just go there and do it yourself. Heck with it! but that's what they did. So, there's always a way. There's always a way. I was not aware that prohibition was actually a thing nowadays, but it is. Especially when it comes to the adult beverages. Although I kind of I've never been one to really go into the bar and do the thing anymore. I did that a little bit in college, really not a big bar person. I'd like to really honestly my perfect night and this is even back then during college, my perfect night is to have like a case of beer, or the adult beverage and sit there and either play a video game or watch a movie or spend time with the family and just sit there and have a drink. Like sitting in a bar with a bunch of idiots just getting drunk and doing dumb things just does not appeal to me. It never did even back then in college. I did it because my friends thought it was cool, and we went there when we were 21. And sure, I went, but I was just like, eh. And then I've never been much of the, like, the whole like player of trying to uh, flirt with girls at bars especially because they're really cute until they puke on your shoes, and then it's not as attractive depending on how attractive they actually are. But I never really met those, and I was never one to actually be – outwardly vocal to go and try to flirt. So I was always the guy in the corner be like, Ey. just got to look at him and be like, it's that connection through the eyes, man. And then you look like a creeper and then it just doesn't work out well. So I was never one to really go to the bar to try and pick up girls either or try to get their attention because they were always attracted to the really dumb guys that were really like uh, just outspoken out there and trying to cause a scene just to get the attention. And they were idiots. And if a girl's attracted to the idiot like that, I really didn't have much interest in her anyways. So luckily, my wife just found me in high school and said, you're a keeper. And we've just been kind of together since. So, Mr. Voice of Reason, kudos to you on that one. Lately, I've really enjoyed, honestly, sitting at home with the adult beverage and playing the video game with the little one. Little Voice of Reason. She's six years old. She's now getting into video games. Can you believe it? It's crazy. Like, I got her into... Just a few weeks ago is really when this kind of started. She's now playing Super Mario Kart on the Wii. Yes, we have the original Wii from like 2007. We got the Wii, and we've been playing it, and we turned on Mario Kart on there, and she loves it. Now we got her onto the Wii with the Mario Galaxy, and she loves it. She's not the best at it yet, but she loves it. So my little girl turned it into a video game nut. So now we're going to have some daddy-daughter time and start playing that, and it's just going to be a grand old time. Way better than going to a bar and seeing idiots do stupid things and girls puke on your shoes, right? Just <laughs> throwing that out there. Lots to get to today. I want to talk about some of the latest in what's trending today what's trending today yeah so there's a lot to get to especially the joe biden who's gone on his marathon are we ever going to see the end of the executive orders he's literally said to congress eh, don't worry about it we've got it ourselves and i'm just going to run through all these executive orders now every president does it like we've mentioned before but for how long really how long can you go on like a four-day binge five-day binge of executive orders so i'm just going to do everything myself and they're not just like tiny little things either They're major kahunas. It is, I used the analogy before, it is the child in a candy store that cannot contain themselves, and they've literally puked on their shoes already, kind of like the drunk girl at the bar, but then they continue to do it because they don't know when to stop. That's kind of where Joe Biden is right now, although his puke would be from, you know, crayons because he eats too many of those, and he forgot what executive orders he's actually signing. So he's probably signing duplicates just because he forgot the ones that he did, so he's probably redoing them. Be like, hey, I forgot about this one, and he already signed it like three times. But they're like, all right, Joe, go ahead and sign it. We'll do a ceremony and the media will be there and we'll take pictures and we'll just ask you fluff questions about your favorite colored pen that you like to eat. That's usually, (laughs) that's about the extent of what's going on. So Susan Rice today held a press conference and she talked about a plethora of things. But today's executive order that Joe Biden was signing through his nice little ceremony of what he was going to do this afternoon was he was going to sign one based on racial equity. Now, I don't know how many times I used the word equity equity in this press conference, but it was a lot. Everything was equity. We we invest in equity. Equity is a really good thing. We have to invest in the equity, the racial equity, the equity of the minority community, the equity. It was ridiculous how many times they said the word equity. Now, I don't understand what exactly the equity was that we're investing in other than just the word equity. Are you tired of the word equity yet? Because I'm tired of saying the word equity. I don't know what the equity actually is. I get that there's communities that we can invest in. And by investing, I mean getting the government the hell out of the way so we can just do our own thing. See, this is the difference, the basic fundamental difference between constitutional conservatives and progressive left-wingers, is that we say anybody can succeed— if you get the government out of the way with the high taxes, with the massive regulations, with capping the way that businesses are allowed to actually operate and do their thing, that we can actually survive and do well on our own and thrive. Why? Because just like the gun industry, just like the alcohol industry, if there's a demand by the consumer or there's a void in the market to where the consumer would want something new or different, then a some brilliant-minded individual is going to fill that void and fill your prescription of whatever that is. And that's the beauty of the laissez-faire free market capitalist society. If there's something that is too high a cost, someone's going to find a way to make it cheaper, to make it more reasonable for the consumer. If there's something that needs improved on because it's there, but it's not quite there, someone's going to find a way to improve that, to be able to sell it, to be able to make a profit off it because everybody's going to want it. If someone doesn't like the customer service, if someone doesn't like the quality, if someone doesn't like where it was made, whether it was China or the United States, there's always going to be someone there to counter that and fill that void. Always. That's why there's a beauty of the laissez-faire free market society. And we do that based on the local community, not by the government saying we need this. We're going to tell you how to do it. And we're going to tell you to do it because that's not how it works. We figure it out we do. Now, of course, they say, and this has been the focus on the uh, on the press conference today, that there's systematic racism. So I'm going to play the dumb card here for a second. I'm the white privileged male. I am the white-privileged, Christian, gun-toting, hillbilly male. Go along with me. for I am dumb. I, according to the Democrats, I am dumb. I am uneducated. I know absolutely nothing. I have the white privilege. I've never had to worry about cops coming after I've never—none of this. So I'm going to play that dumb card, and I'm going to try to understand— when they talk about systematic racism, is there racism in the country? We need to be very clear here because it's a very touchy subject for some, but this is why people love this show is because we're not afraid to talk about certain things. I'm not afraid to talk about certain issues. Is there racism in this country? Absolutely. Is it terrible? God, it's stupid. Why the hell would you look at someone based on their skin color and be like, I don't like them. That's dumb to me. That's stupid. Based on your gender, based on your skin color, based on your sexual orientation, based on your religion, What? I don't care. You treat me nicely, I'll treat you nicely, we can all get along and sing harmony. That's what the country as a general public normally thinks. But there's those few fringe people that just despise someone based on their skin color, which now it is other people saying, oh, evil white people because we've oppressed everyone for so long. So I'm going to play dumb here, and I'm going to listen to Susan Rice at the press conference today talking about the executive order by Joe Biden on systematic racism and race uh, racial equity on how— Now, minority-owned businesses and minority-owned communities are going to be the ones that primarily get the special treatment from the government now because we have to, according to them, lift them up. Which, do we need to lift them up? Sure. How do we do that? That's going to be a differing of opinion. This is what she had to say today.
1: But for too many American families, systemic racism and inequality in our economy, laws and institutions still put the American dream far out of reach. Today, the average black family has just one-tenth the wealth. Of the average white family, while the gap between the white and black between white and black in home ownership is now larger than it was in 1960.
0: All right, let's stop right there, and let's ask you the question: Why? There's an issue, so let's address it. They're addressing it by putting the Band-Aid on it instead of actually going in, doing the surgery and removing the issue. They're putting the Band-Aid on it, which is what government always does. If government ever says, I'm here to help you and I'm here to solve an issue, all they're doing is put a, putting a Band-Aid on the you know Grand Canyon and saying, oh, we fixed the problem, because that's never what happens. Why is income so unequal? Let's look at the reason why. Andy, well, it's because there's not as many job opportunities for Minority individuals. Okay, why? Well, it's because they didn't get a fair shake at an education to give them the opportunity for high paying jobs. Okay, why? Why is there less educational opportunities? Because 80% of public education funding goes to inner city schools, so why aren't they getting the best at schooling out of anybody else? Why? The social programs that are supposed to be lifting individuals up to give them scholarships with affirmative action to college and higher education. Seems to be working because we've kicked out a lot of other people just based on their skin color and given it to other individuals with skin color, certain skin colors, just because of their skin color for those scholarships. So why is there any inequality there? why can't individuals get a job well because they don't have any experience why don't they have any experience because we raised the minimum wage so high that we can automated for a small business as opposed to hiring individuals with no skills to be able to give them skills to be able to move up with their careers but now they can't do that so now they have no skills and now they're battling just to find any type of job but they're not qualified for the higher paying job because they do have no skills and because they don't have any skills they can't get any high paying jobs But, oh, by the way, we just presented a bill to try to raise minimum wage up to $15 an hour because that's going to solve the issue for minorities not getting jobs.
1: The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier.
0: Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with the Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. republic
1: you're listening to the voice of reason
0: with andy who's right right you're all welcome back into the program 24 minutes past the hour thanks for hanging out with us today radio tv and live streaming plus we do have the podcast as well you can always find on any of your favorite podcasting sites amazon music google play tune in Apple, Spotify, doesn't really matter. You can find us all, which we are killing it on the downloads for that, so thank you. We appreciate that more than you can ever imagine because we are on to something really big this year. I am so. This is the best year, going to be the best year that we've ever had for the show, for the Hoosier Media Network that we're starting, that we have launched, and that we are working on some really, really big projects for here soon. And uh, so stay tuned in. For, you can find all the information at who's your reason.com. But thanks for hanging out with us today. So racism, a very touchy subject, one that gets a lot of people really fired up, but it drives me nuts because why do you base so much on skin color? Just because someone's skin color now, all of a sudden they have a different community. We have to treat them differently. We have to talk differently. We have to what? just why, why, why do we have to do racial equity as a bill for the executive order from Joe Biden on his nice little five-day marathon of ridiculous executive orders to try and invest in equity. Instead of just saying, here's a community, just be, do your thing. We're going to start limiting the uh, corporate taxes on your small business. We're going to get rid of the employee taxes. We're going to start limiting the sales taxes. We're going to start limiting the product and raw material. tax We're just do your thing, baby, flourish, bloom. Do your thing. That way, any community, whether it's white or Hispanic or black, which, by the way, can I just say, the race discussion in America is probably the dumbest, most illiterate race discussion than anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world. I'm truly honest by that. Because you're white, because you're black, because you're brown, because you're Asian, uh, I don't know, because you're red, Native American, whatever. It is truly the dumbest, most illiterate, uneducated, ignorant discussion of race that anybody has in the nation, ever. And I'm dead serious on that. If you go to Europe, you're not white. You're German or you're Spanish or you're Irish or you're British or you're Nordic or you're French or you're. And by the way, for thousands of years, they all fought each other. So there wasn't, like, supremacy of just all white people. They all beat each other up and fought each other and tried to dominate land. When you're in Africa, African tribes tried to kill each other and take over each other's lands because that's just what happened. Because they And by the way, they were all the same skin color. So just to label someone as just black or just white, or it's just dumb. It's truly the most ignorant, like, lowest level common denominator of stupid you can get to. But that's what the progressives created, identity politics. To where you're white, so no matter what type of white you are, you're just an evil white person. If you're black, then you're just a victim. If you're Hispanic, then you're like, you know, what everybody thinks is low. If you're Native American, then you just whatever. I mean, they just look at this and barely, it's dumb, stupid. Anyways, I get off my little soapbox on that one. They continued on with their discussion about racism in the country uh, with the press conference.
1: These long-standing inequities are compounded by the converging crises we face as a nation. Americans of color are being infected by and dying from COVID-19 at higher rates. One in 10 black Americans and one in 11 Latino workers are currently unemployed.
0: Okay, let's stop right there. He throws out the numbers for the minorities. Okay, fine. I'm pretty sure everybody with a small business has been impacted by COVID-19. I'm just throwing it out there. Everybody's been impacted by COVID-19, whether you're a black owner, whether you're a Hispanic owner, whether you're a white owner of a business, whether you're a Native American. Although, if you have a casino, well, I guess casinos got shut down for a while, too. I was going to say, those guys are probably rolling in it right now, but I'm pretty sure most casinos got shut down as well. So the whole race thing, like, oh, they've been affected more. Again, let's go back to the question and go deeper. Why? Why have they been more impacted? Why are these communities affected by the virus more so than others? Well, Andy, it's an, a lack of access to health care, maybe, and that could be a possibility. The other part is that we probably need to take some lessons from certain communities is that they just don't trust the government for anything. They don't trust the government. The black community, rightfully so, doesn't trust a lot of the medical industry because the medical industry has been doing experiments on them for a long time, sickening, horrible, so they don't trust doctors. Maybe we should take a lesson from that. Maybe we should go to, they don't trust the virus or the the vaccine. Maybe we should take a lesson from that. Just throwing it out there. But they're being impacted more, so let's give them more money to raise them back up to that level and take it from somebody else. The voice of reason.
1: when reason meets radio you're listening to the voice of reason with Andy Hoosier welcome back into the program thanks for hanging out
0: with us today on a Tuesday the post Monday celebration the greatest one of the entire week you know it let's keep the ball rolling what do you say it's been a great one so far I think at least, hopefully it has been for you. We are on radio, we are on TV, we are streaming live, although not on Facebook. It's funny, the program I use that sends out the video feed to all the different sites, finally, after like three weeks, finally came up today and said, your account on Facebook will not let us connect. Please delete this on now. All right. So, I don't know how long the temporary ban's going to be on Facebook Live, but it said temporary. We'll see how long it lasts, and we'll keep trying. We'll keep trying. We'll see if it's like a 30-day thing. Who knows what the heck's going on. But we are on YouTube right now. We are on Twitch.com. Or twitch.tv, twitch.tv, which again, I have not done much with our account on Twitch, but it is a really cool site. I really want to start paying more attention to that one. So if you're not on YouTube or you don't like YouTube, go to twitch.tv. You can find us at who's your Reason, also with the website at HoosierReason.com. We do have it on Twitter right now as well until they block us. So Jack Dorsey has not gotten to this guy yet. Ha <laughs> ha! Although, probably now that I mentioned his name, it'll probably be an algorithm thing. about like, oh, it's an evil conservative talk show. We need to get rid of it now. So we'll see how long we actually last there. But uh, we do have that going for us. Uh, also, you can find us again at HoosierReason.com. We have our newsletter coming out at the end of the month, which is this weekend. It's hard to believe January is almost already over. Go to HoosierReason.com. You'll pop up with the little pop-up thing. It says, do you want to become a holic?" And you say, heck, yeah, I do. And you sign up totally free. We're not going to spam you a whole lot, but you can go and check out That we'll we'll send you the monthly newsletter with our blog on there. It'll have our information for the show. It'll have some upcoming events we have on the program, an update with the Hoosier Media Network. So we got some really cool stuff on there. And if you have not signed up, what the heck are you waiting for, man? Uh, Let's see here. I believe we have our guest on the line here. So let's go to her. I'm excited to chat as we talk about the latest and what's trending. What's Trending Today? And I'm excited to have her on the program. She is a GOP strategist. She's a spokeswoman for the California Republican Party, also host of the new nationally syndicated show, All American Radio with Jennifer Kearns. It is Jennifer Kearns herself on the line with us. Jennifer, how are you, my friend?
2: Hey, you doing well? How are you doing? I
0: am living the dream. I appreciate you coming on here very much. So, <laughs> it is a crazy time for sure. We are trying to adapt to the new administration after licking our wounds from the election, still frustrated with everything that's going on. And now, the big question is how do we start countering a lot of this? We saw a lot of the con- concern with the protests a couple of weeks ago in Washington, D.C. Now they try to suppress us on social media, then they try and call us domestic terrorists. Now they're trying to impeach Trump again and go after him for criminal charges, and then they're like, "Why can't you guys just like get along and just be unified with us and just hold hands and sing Kumbaya?" Do you really think that's going to happen?
2: <laughs> well, it's all about unity, right? I mean, that yeah. those are at least the words, those are at least the words coming out of Joe Biden's mouth, but if you look at his actions, And here's what I do in my life and my relationships. You can say whatever you want to say, but it's really all about what you're doing. And so you look at Joe Biden, he's had almost 50 executive orders just in the last six days uh, since he was sworn in. Most of those. Um, he has had to do by executive order because they're so progressive, they're so left wing, there is no way he could get them through even the majorities that they have in, in, the, in the Congress. And so uh, I really look ahead to the next hundred days. I mean, what, what is he going to do in the next hundred days when he's already done this in his first six days in office? And, and my warning out there is to GOP group, conservative groups the old Tea Party groups, the, the now MAGA caucus, uh, as we call it, what are you going to do in the next 100 days? You've got to start getting out there in person, which is tough because we're still dealing with COVID, but but you're not necessarily going to be heard on social media. You have to start getting out there locally, um, start having those meetings again where you're meeting with your local community groups, your your monthly Republican meeting, and, and all of those things have to start happening again because they are trying to shut us down at the national level. They are trying to shut us down on the social media platforms. We got to go back to basics here as conservatives, go back to the grassroots and start rebuilding, rebuilding and start responding to some of these things within the first 100 days. Otherwise, the Biden administration is going to run away with this for the next two years until the next time they have a check and balance, which is the 2022 midterms.
0: Amen to that. I mean, we've always said politics need to go back to the local front, the city council, the county commission, even the state legislature. We need to remind people that we are sovereign states and that states can nullify executive actions or even legislation coming out of Congress to where we can say thanks, but no thanks. We don't want anything to do with it. And we're going to kind of do our own thing, which sometimes means turning down money, which try and tell that to a politician and see all that works out. But we need to start fighting that direction because you're right. The executive orders, which I've never seen a five day marathon of executive order signing from a president before. I mean, the first day it's like, ah, I'm going to sign an executive order to repeal the executive orders from the prior administration, maybe do one or two things myself. But now we're on a five day marathon. We played some of the clips of the racial equity executive order that he was signing earlier today and uh, talking about trying to make, you know, minority groups, a certain preference for grants and sponsorships or different you know loans for small business and all this other stuff, because we need to play the identity politics now. And they are so radical on the other side of the aisle that it's going to be up to our local governments and our state government to say thanks for the offer, for the money, and for the orders, but no, we're going to nullify you, and we're just going to kind of do our own thing. And the government won't do that at the local level unless we're out there telling them to do so.
2: Yeah, that's right. And look, you know, Tip O'Neill, the former Speaker of the House, used to say all politics is local. And that really is true. Look what happened to Liz Cheney after she supported uh, impeachment for President Trump uh, for the January 6th uh, Capitol riot. Uh, she actually had to, you know, pay for that back home with her constituents. I would be willing to bet Liz Cheney is going to have an awful hard time getting reelected in the state of Wyoming, who who didn't really match up with her views on that. Um, uh, but look, you're right. That you look at the executive orders. He, here's the one that frightened me the most, and I think this. This sort of proved President Trump, former President Trump's uh, position about Joe Biden. One of the first orders that Biden did on his first day in office, just a few hours after he was inaugurated, is he actually handed over the American power grid, meaning the electricity grid, to China. Uh, He undid an executive order uh, that President Trump had done last May 1st of 2020, stating that no equipment can come from foreign countries. And that nobody, nobody can gain a contract to work on America's electricity grid, including China and including the Chinese Communist Party. Joe Biden undid that with a stroke of a pen on day one. So this is the stuff that's happening. Uh, Republicans, and, and I, I have been one for the last you know, 20 years, we got to lick our wounds quickly and we have to understand what's going on here. We got to move at a rapid clip to start start protesting some of these and, and you're right the place that's going to have to be protested is back in some of these members home districts
0: we're talking with jennifer kearns the uh, host of the nationally syndicated show all american radio jennifer kearns also gop strategist and spokeswoman for the california republican party you can find her on our website at allamericanradio.com slash shows on her twitter as well at all american jen let's talk about the republican party for a second. Uh, Shall we? There's a big movement now that Trump said that he's going to, quote, do something uh, as we move forward here. There's talks about a third party with the Patriot Party now that maybe he's being part of or that many, you know, conservatives are wanting to jump on board of this Patriot Party. Is that something that's a concern if we divide our ranks between the Republicans and some third obscure third party group? To where if we start dividing ourselves as opposed to uniting and cleaning the Republican Party up and actually making it represent what we want to. I mean, I'm already concerned about election fraud to where we're not going to have some good turnouts for elections for a while until we get that cleaned up. But if there are any chance of any fair and free elections, then we're going to divide ourselves and lose already, aren't we?
2: Yeah, you're hitting on something here that I think concerns a lot of Republicans, and that is that Ross Perot effect where you have a third party person running and that third person is always sort of someone who should have run uh, on the Republican ticket. Uh, I'm concerned about this for a couple of reasons, and, and some of your audience won't like this, but but just know I'm close to the ground. I know how these guys operate. I don't have that much confidence in, say, a Steve Bannon, who is apparently behind the Patriot Party pitch to President Trump. I, I'm not that confident that they actually know how difficult this is going to be. And and I was an assistant secretary of state for California, largest state in the nation, 40 million people living there, millions and millions, tens of millions of voters, right? And so we, we know the voter rolls very carefully and how you qualify a new party to be on the ballot. I think the Green Party got qualified when I was at the uh, secretary of state's office. If Donald Trump and Steve Bannon and those folks want to get a new, a brand new political party, like the Whig Party that's never been on the ballot before, they're going to have to do some very hard work. They're, they're going to have to do what Kanye West tried to do and failed to do, which was to get on the ballot independently. And they're going to have to actually run some candidates in 2022, and they're going to have to garner a certain percentage of the votes in all of these different states with all these different requirements in order to form this party. And and each of these states are going to have to grant them the ability to be on the ballot in future years like 2024 and beyond. It is extremely hard work. I'm not sure that Steve Bannon, as much as I love him, I love what he did at Breitbart, he just does not have the organizational details to to go in and do that. I, I just don't want my friends to get too excited yet about the Patriot Party. Better yet, what we ought to do Is do what you just said, which is clean up our own party. We actually saw this. We've been here and we've done this successfully. In 2009, after the Tea Party, uh, we had Tea Party candidates going and running uh, for, for, for office on the Republican ticket. And those are people like Joni Ernst, Tom Cotton. I know he didn't vote the way we wanted to on some of the impeachment stuff. Um, but but people like Josh Hawley, those people all came up through the Tea Party, and yeah. they were great additions to the Republican Party. That's really the best way to, to to change the party.
0: Yeah, we essentially have to have a caucus within our own caucus that is a conservative movement in there, bring the Libertarians back into the party, the conservatives, the principal conservatives, and the Libertarians coming together to be able to fight and get rid of some of the establishment wishy-washy Republicans out of the party and make it represent us again is exactly what we need to do and what we've tried to do for a very long time. Jennifer Kearns, uh, National Show, All-American Radio. with jennifer kearns uh i appreciate the time so much we'd love to get you back on the show again here real soon
2: love to thanks
0: guys hey appreciate it very much we'll do it again here in just a little bit all right gotta wrap up get ready for one more segment it's i can't believe it's almost over already the fastest hour of radio on radio that's what we do right here on the show it's the voice of reason i'm andy hoosier stay right here the voice of reason with andy hoosier Just find us at who's your reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at who's We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast. Catch our special features and more. It's the Voice of Reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic.
1: You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out
0: today, radio, TV, and the live streaming. No matter where you may be, you can watch us all over the place or listen to us all over the place as well with lots of more options coming very, very soon to you as we are killing it, wrapping up a January here and a Tuesday on The Voice of Reason. Thanks again to Jennifer Kearns coming on the program. Great conversation. She is fired up just like us and ways that we can do something, be engaged. I know that we're tired. I know. We just went through a crazy election process. You are drained, you are fatigued, you are emotionally just ugh. But this is where we get to stand up and actually be proud because they are going to jump at the chance, as you've seen. We've seen Joe Biden now push out 40, 50-plus executive orders in like the first five days because, well, that's all he knows how to do now. So now we need to find ways to counter that by just not complying, by nullifying them at the county level, at the statewide level and say, "Uh uh-uh ain't actually going to fly and of course that's going to cause some lawsuits but hopefully we have enough courts to say yeah just no we're not going to do these things and we can do this we can clean up the republican party there is an issue in the republican party all over the place i mean we see mitch mcconnell now okay i guess we can impeach did you know they by the way already got rid of the supermajority, the filibuster They've already started to get rid of that. Mitch McConnell went on board. I told you, did I not say the day after the election, what we need to do is make sure they don't get rid of, rid of the filibuster to where you need 60 votes to pass things? Oh, yeah, they already got rid of that, which means they needed a filibuster or 60 majority vote to do that, to override it, to say now we only need a 51-vote majority. It's gone. It's already gone. Mitch McConnell supported it. Republicans supported it. Now, if they wanted any say in the Senate... They would have been like, no, Mitch McConnell, no, we wouldn't have filibuster. We need the filibuster so we actually have a say in Congress. That's the way he talks. Mitch McConnell, yeah, half asleep. Yeah, They got rid of the filibuster. Now we don't need any Republican support on anything to actually get to a 60-vote supermajority in there. Oh, no. Oh, no. We just need 51 votes. Well, guess how many Republicans there are? There are 50. Guess how many of them actually vote Republican, right? About 45. So they're going to get 50 to 55 votes on just about everything that they do. And then Republicans could say, well, we tried to stop it, but we just couldn't. This is why we need to clean up our own party. Going third party is never a good idea. I've always been against that uh, because we have some serious issues on our hands, including this whole racist garbage that's coming out of the Joe Biden administration. Now, remember, this is the same guy back throughout his entire year or career as a senator that said he didn't want his kids growing up in a racial jungle, trying to advocate for segregation in the schools. The poor kids are just as uh, brilliant as white kids. He's the one that said that Barack Obama was the first polished, nice-looking black man. Like, he has said the most racist things I have ever heard in my entire life. Just by saying those comments on the show will probably get this show blocked on the rest of the social media that we're on. Because they're ridiculously horrible. And yet they came out of Joe Biden's mouth. So now he's trying to make amends? He's trying to uh, confess his sins? I don't know what he's trying to do. By saying now all of a sudden, oh, okay well, we're going to do all these uh, racial equity things because now it's all of a sudden a really serious issue. I mean, Susan Rice, who was holding the press conference today, continued on from some of the stuff we've already played today.
1: And even before taking office, President Biden released his American Rescue Plan that will make historic investments in advancing equity.
0: Again, equity. I don't know how many times we have to say equity or what that equity actually is. Like, what is the equity we're investing in here? The community. Okay, how do you invest in the community? You get the hell out of the way and let the community do its own thing. Let the businesses, the barbershop, the restaurant, the bar and nightclub, the retail store, just open up without regulation, without uh, people trying to like stop it, without the insane amount of taxes, and just let them open up and do their thing. Wild concept. Let people have money to be able to go and purchase the things and the goods. That's how you invest in a community. That's how you invest equity into a community. Let it flourish and grow naturally. Let it blossom on its own. You cannot sit there and pull the weed apart to make sure, pull the the grass out of the seed to make sure the grass grows the length that you want it to. You have to do it yourself.
1: And an economist estimate that his plan will cut child poverty in half. Cut child poverty in half for all Americans and reduce overall poverty by 30 percent black american families this year will face a poverty rate of 20 percent if congress does not act on the american rescue plan
0: now getting rid of poverty by 30 percent sounds like wow that's like the most amazing thing that's ever happened in this country the fact is you can't do that by the government you can take wealth away from others to give it to others but just by giving them a check and be like here you go that doesn't get rid of poverty dummy what that does is that it takes away from others to lower them so everybody's on that same level of poverty-level playing field, which is what you want. Genius. But that's what they want to do. So welcome into the Biden administration, day number five of executive order. Madness, baby! It's crazy in D.C.! Do whatever they want to. And it's our job to just say, "Uh uh-uh, ain't gonna fly. That's what we're working on, aren't we? Podcast going up a little bit. we got lots more guests coming on. Bob Latta, congressman from Ohio, coming on the show tomorrow. Don't want to miss that. Until then, I'm Andy Hoosier. Everybody have a wonderful Tuesday evening. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with the Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time.